Hello, everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when The Office actually ended because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host. And with me is my co host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hey, everyone. Today, we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 4, Baby Shower. In this episode, Jan visits the office, Michael tries to keep his distance from Holly, and Jim and Pam struggle to connect. This episode's cold open is one of my favorites. It is one of the more notable ones for multiple reasons. And in it, we see Michael going to extreme lengths to prepare himself for the birth of Jan's child with the help of Dwight. We see Dwight in kind of like a, a smock apron type thing. And in it is a, what we later learn is a watermelon. and But he is essentially simulating himself carrying a child. And tells Michael that contractions are 10 minutes apart. And Michael is just like, alright, just... Just keep me informed. And then eventually, Dwight simulates going into labor. Dwight notes that babies are one of his many areas of expertise, saying that growing up, he even gave himself his own circumcision. So he feels very confident in his ability to prepare Michael to help Jan during labor and delivery. Dwight's primary concern is baby snatchers. And he really wants Michael to be ready with a Sharpie to mark the baby in a discreet but unique way that only Michael will know so that he will know that no one has switched out the babies, which I don't think is a very common problem. But that is Dwight's primary concern. It is clear that neither Michael nor Dwight have actually attended a real labor and delivery in a hospital because Dwight is preparing Michael to be the one to sort of quote catch the baby um, which again also not how uh, that's working and so in that preparation he has gone above and beyond by greasing the watermelon in butter because as he says newborns are slippery. And in this cold open, we also get Jim laying out the tenuous connection that Michael actually has to this child in a one-on-one with the camera. That is one of my favorite lines of the series. Jan is about to have a baby with a sperm donor, and Michael is preparing for the birth of a watermelon with Dwight. Now, this baby will be related to Michael through... And so, yes, as has been pointed out multiple times before this and will be pointed out throughout this episode, this is not Michael's child as much as he wants it to be. And he is very much forcing this close relationship, this kind of kindred spiritness with this child onto Jan, onto this child and really just building it up kind of in his own head. It's sort of a tragic comic sort of episode. Yeah. Because it's just sad. And so to kick the main part of this episode off, we see 
the party planning committee in action preparing for the baby shower that the office is throwing for Jan. Again, just a very awkward situation. It really is. And Michael is viewing this more as his shower because he views this as his baby, like maybe his only chance for a baby. He really wants this to be a, a big event. And it harkens back to when he was making such a big deal about Phyllis and Bob's wedding showers in season three. And he even reminds Phyllis of that as like, we gave you this big shower and Michael was the one that made it over the top because he wanted that reciprocation someday. Yeah. So he's cashing in in a way on wanting this to be just such a big party. And he's always disappointed. You know, he always demands these over the top productions from the party planning committee at one point, he asked Phyllis if she got the live storks, which how that was going to work in an office of that size, he clearly didn't think through. So they have balloons and streamers, and they have a couple games, and Angela ordered custom M&Ms with the two name options on them. Before the festivities begin, Michael makes a point to go back and talk to Holly and say that Jan is going to be in the office and she is going to be, in his words, fat and disgusting, essentially, which is just a really poor way to uh, describe a any person, really, but especially a pregnant woman who really is going through their own struggles with uh, how their body looks, how they feel, Things like that. They don't need other people adding on to that. And so Michael says that with Holly being one of the more attractive people in the office, he is going to be cold to her in order to make Jan feel better about herself, which of course doesn't make any sense. No. (laughs) And Holly sort of is taken aback, but goes along with it. Remember, Holly's only seen Jan once. It was at the beginning of this season when Michael was getting very involved with Jan because of Jan's pregnancy. And so once Jan comes in to the office, anytime that Michael and Holly's paths happen to cross, Jan is there with a weirdly watchful eye. And then so Michael is forced to be over-the-top mean, like calling her an HR weirdo at one point. At another point, Michael is in the kitchen and Jan is there as well. And it's clear that Michael is going to go talk to Holly, but then because Jan appears, Michael says, oh, I have to go talk to Holly about her hygiene. She smells like old tomatoes and dirt. And Holly was standing right there. So he's being... He's being very cruel to someone that's been a friend to him and that they had a quick friendship. And to me, that is a sad indictment on Michael and Jan's relationship and how much of a hold Jan still has on him and how much power that Jan can wield over Michael. Michael's aware of that because all Michael wants is to be involved in this child's life. 
Jan is indifferent to that, honestly. But Jan knows she can sort of control Michael and just get things out of him. At one point during the shower, when Jan says she needs a nap, she also has a little aside that, you know, they need to talk about the 529 for the baby. So she's looking at Michael as like kind of a cash cow and she's going to use his desire and his fear quite honestly of being alone and never having this happen for him directly to just milk whatever she can out of Michael whether that's a 529 contribution that he may or may not be able to actually afford whether it's you know not having to use a foam noodle at her Lamaze classes but she's only going to go up to a point that's those are all really really good points and we will see a lot of that get taken care of in this episode and another weird layer to this in terms of michael being very cold to holly is that up until this point there has been nothing said between them that they are into each other both of them both of them are kind of moving around that and i think they both kind of know that I'm probably giving Michael a little too much credit here. Maybe. Holly, I think, very much knows that Michael is into her. She is obviously into Michael. Michael clearly is not picking up on that because of the roundabout attempts that he has made to build a relationship with her without actually building a relationship with her. Right. And so Michael going up to Holly and saying, hey... Jan is coming in. I'm going to be mean to you this entire day to make her feel better. Really doesn't have any basis. There's no reason for that to happen up until this point because it's not like, you know, Michael and Holly are courting each other and Michael wants to hide that from Jan. And so there's a reason for him, reason loosely stated here, to do that to Holly because. Like I said, up until this point, there's nothing there to hide. They're they're just friends. Right. They have a connection. And so, yes, Michael goes about this weirdly, as he usually does. He is, as you said, over the top mean when really all he has to be is just passive. Just indifferent. Yeah, just treat her like she's a normal employee in the office. Right. Treat her as he would treat Kevin or Meredith or Creed. Yeah. One funny thing that does get thrown in here that I don't think I have ever caught is that when he says this to Holly and he's doing this because she is the one of the more attractive people in the office and that would make Jan feel bad, he throws in there he is also doing this to Ryan as well. Yes, you're right. You're right. Which Ryan, I mean, we see Ryan in the background, but uh, this episode we don't get a ton of, we get some like one-liners maybe from our more minor office characters, but this isn't one where everyone gets a lot of lines, like they're just in the background. So the time comes for the shower and the guest of honor shows up. And she has a surprise, and it's that the baby has already been born, and she brings the baby along with her. And this is one of those things that has to be on Michael, just not knowing how this all works, because like you alluded to and what we have seen, 
in previous episodes is that Michael has had some kind of involvement with Jan's pregnancy. He has gone to Lama's class with her. He, in this episode, just kind of in a general conversation, Jan mentions the birthing instructor. And Michael is kind of taken aback by that in that he just didn't like this person. And so he has had some kind of interaction with this birthing instructor. And so I have to think that somewhere along the line, Jan would have mentioned, oh, here's my due date. That doesn't mean anything. Well, yes, it does. Because if this baby shower was happening after that due date, Michael was not expecting a baby to be present. I guess, yeah. So Michael either forgot, doesn't know how that works, whatever, but was clearly mistaken as to where Jan was at in her pregnancy. I think Jan had this plan all along. I don't think Jan had any real thought that Michael was going to be present. And that maybe at the very, very beginning when she invited him to Lama's class, but probably when he showed up and tried to make jokes and or tell the birth instructor how wrong he was, because that's the like little snippet we get. That's when Jane was like, no. And to be fair, Michael is probably not the type of person that you want to have during labor and delivery. Oh, absolutely not. So that was probably calculated on Jan's part, but not conveyed. And Michael is very, very hurt. Jan tries to assuage him and say, okay, well, you can hold the baby. But at first she won't let him actually hold her. She just says, you can hold her in the car seat. So you can hold the car seat. And so the baby shower gets underway and it is unsurprisingly awkward. Again, this was planned for a time when Jan had not had the baby yet. And so as baby showers generally go, there are lots of games planned and where you have to guess the due date and things like that. And those things clearly out the window because the baby is already there. The office all chipped in to get a stroller for Jan, which, again, this is another one of those things where it's just so, so weird. Yeah. And it is pointed out in this episode by members of the office how weird this is. Phyllis is going around to members of the office to collect money to get a sheet cake for the party, and Oscar and Kevin both kind of make their displeasures known in saying they don't know why they have to chip money in for this because it's not Michael's baby. Right. This is kind of just a crazy delusional just thing for Michael that they're doing essentially. So yeah, they get her a stroller, which is not helpful because she already has a stroller. Honestly, I'm shocked. I just, I don't know who would have gone to like have to go buy that. I feel like that's above and beyond what I expected from this group. I like a gift card or something. Yeah, especially in this circumstance, like that's a gift that, you know, like your group of friends, rather than getting you individual presents from those people, 
they come together to get you one very nice thing that you will get a lot of use of, such as a stroller. Yeah, this seems more like a, hey, let's yeah get a gift card or get several restaurant gift cards so they can, so Jan can get meals and she doesn't have to cook or whatever. Like right. that is, that is, seems to be their lane here in that here's this person that we used to work with and our boss has this, still has this really weird relationship with, let's just get her some gift cards. Yes. The shower continues on and it doesn't get much better like Curtis said, the games are sort of out the window. Uh, Jan is sitting on the floor and then breaks into song. And we learn from Jim that she's singing Son of a Preacher Man, but she's going for about 20 minutes. She's putting on her own personal concert here. I just don't know how that even comes up. Like, how does one just start breaking out into song and then just keeps going? To me, this is just another of the examples of how they really turned Jan crazy. And you could, I guess you could say that maybe, you know, she mentally declined over the seasons. But this is not the Jan of season two by any means. Then Jan decides to talk about the birth story. That really is not uh, appropriate for this setting, quite frankly. And people are pretty turned off by that. Uh, A lot of people decide that's their cue to leave. Michael takes this opportunity to really get upset. To really, that is kind of a knife to his heart. To hear the specifics of the birth story. And he just says, I should have been there. Finally, Jan breaks down to let him hold the baby as as a you know trade off. Okay, well you, you weren't there for the birth, but now you can finally hold her. But really, it's just an excuse so Jan can lay down for a little bit. For Michael, actually holding this baby is a big disappointment. He doesn't feel anything at all, and he tells the camera crew he tries to hold a baby every day, which is just odd like it looks like he's going up to people on the street yes and noticing that the person has a baby and then asked to hold that child which is a lot (laughs) yes michael points out that he just has this kind of connection with babies and he says that it probably comes from the fact that they see him as his equal or something along that those lines which probably is not too far from the truth right and so michael passes astrid on to phyllis and then goes to get some sage advice from the person that he always goes to in these situations (laughs) right which is daryl so he goes down to the warehouse to have a as he puts it talk baby daddy to baby daddy And asks Daryl, when you had your child and you got to hold that child for the first time, did you feel just this overwhelming joy and love and feeling while holding that child? And Daryl's like, yes, I most certainly did because that was my child. And he's really trying to make the point to Michael that everybody has been 
dancing around in that you have zero connection to this child. You have no reason to feel any sort of responsibility or love or connection to Jan's child who you may or may not see ever again. Right. And somehow that flips a switch in Michael because as Jan is getting ready to leave and packing up, Michael walks Jan to her car and Jan says, do me a favor and don't date Holly. And that was, that's so weird to me. It's out of left field. She's had like, I don't know, maybe one or two interactions with Holly all in that afternoon. And I think that this probably comes from Jan just being a horrible person. And she sees that there is a connection between Holly and Michael. Right. And she, Jan doesn't want Michael to be taken away from her so he can't provide the things that she needs. On her schedule. Right, on her schedule that aren't necessarily benefiting Michael at all. And so this kind of causes an awakening in Michael as well because as soon as Jan leaves, he goes up to the annex and talks to Holly and gives her a hug and he asks her out on a date, finally. And Holly is very taken aback and very emotional and she accepts. And so we see the establishment of Michael and Holly's relationship right here after Michael was asked by the woman who has had so much control over him to not date this person. Michael tells the camera that he didn't feel anything when he held Astrid, but he really felt something when he held Holly. And I think that just confirmed it for him. He finally was able to break the spell with Jan. I think he was really hoping that this would this would be it like he wasn't wanting to get back together with Jan but he really wanted to be a father figure to the baby and I think by Jan making the request of Michael to not date Holly it sort of broke the spell and let him know that it's actually not going to work out like Jan is who she is and she's going to tightly control things with the baby as she did around the labor and delivery and Michael's just not going to get to be involved and so he didn't even give it any thought he just went straight back to Holly and was like nope this is a better avenue for me and I think that's much healthier than the delusion that Michael was laboring under and so much of it just ties back to like Michael's just a lonely guy and maybe we are giving Michael a little too much credit in, <laughs> in being able to work all these things out. But, you know, Jan's pregnancy is really just kind of the microcosm for their relationship as a whole. In that, like we have said, she has picked and choose when she wants Michael around. Earlier in their relationship, when Jan was kind of at her lowest, she used Michael to make her feel better about herself because she knew that Michael was going to be doting and just fulfilling and constantly around. And then when she felt better, that's when she left. And then kind of is back and forth, back and forth. And so 
you see Jan wanting Michael to be at Lamaze class, so she's not the only person with nobody there. Exactly. And once it came time to actually have the child, like you said, she willfully cut him out of that because she didn't want him there. And it's kind of like, especially to Michael, it's a slap in the face to him that Jan took the advice of a birthing instructor, somebody that she has known for a handful of months to not have Michael there rather than have somebody that she has had at least some kind of close relationship with. Sure. And cut Michael out of that process. Again, off the advice of somebody that she's known for a handful of months. And so, yeah, again, it is probably too much to think that Michael put all that together. But, yeah, I have to imagine that it was kind of like a, oh, this is this is where I am for Jan. And I have the opportunity to be with somebody who seems to like me mm-hmm. and that I enjoy being around. The problems created by Michael in his relationship with Holly is not the only relationship problems we see in this episode. We continue to see Jim and Pam struggle with being a long distance couple. The first instance is Pam is trying to have a quick conversation with Jim right before class. And she's using a lot of names of people that she knows from art school, which is always confusing unless you know, your partner's talking about someone that they regularly work with or that you've met a couple times. It's hard to use a bunch of different names, which Pam is doing, and she only has like 30 seconds, and Jim is confused. And so she tells this story, and he's like, oh, that's funny. And she's like, no, it was bad. This woman could get arrested. And it was it was tough to follow. And then she's like, I gotta go. The class is starting. So it's it was kind of like one of those abrupt endings. Later during the baby shower, when Jan is going on her concert of Son of a Preacher Man, Jim tries to call Pam to tell her, like, how weird this is. Well, Pam's at a laundromat and near the dryer, so it's pretty loud. And she's like, I, I can't hear anything, which I don't know why you'd pick up the phone. But you have to remember this was, like, 2000 six or seven I believe and texting wasn't as like ubiquitous as it is and when you're in a relationship you sometimes do more calling like depending on the situation and we see this culminate at the end of the episode where Jim and Pam have tried to call each other again at the end of the day and they just happen to be calling each other at the exact same time so they get each other's voicemail there and they are leaving very much the same voicemail to each other they are both talking about how they miss each other and that this was just one of those days where they couldn't connect and that they were just kind of missing each other at vital moments and so like I said we are seeing the strains of the long distance relationship happening here although I will say they just need to grow up. Yeah, there's there's like two minds on this. If they would have just called each other like at the end of the day. Yeah. This may not have been such a out of sync sort of day, but that does happen. I mean, you'll have those days in a relationship. It just is a reality. But 
And I'm sure they are missing each other, especially because they worked together. They're used to seeing each other in person. But yeah, just the fact that they couldn't talk or connect in the middle of a work day or like Pam has to get laundry done. Like sometimes there's just things that you have to do. Right. And we we see this go to an extreme level in an upcoming episode where they have the mini Bluetooth so they can just talk to each other all day. And it that's just not how it works. Like there was zero reason to, for Pam to call Jim at that moment knowing he was at work. And, and class was going to start yeah, like very so, soon. And Jim like is kind of half listening because he is doing some work or he's trying to do some work. And so Pam has to know the situation there. In the other situation, again, Jim is on a very limited time frame. He is just ducking. He's probably just, quote, going to the bathroom. Right. So we can make this quick call to Pam to just catch her up on all the weird things that are happening at the shower. And on Pam's end, like, she could have just ducked out of the laundromat for, like, two minutes and just right. been like, hey... I'm in the laundromat right now. I'll call you back. Hey, why don't we call at, I'll call you at six o'clock tonight after you get home. Like, figure it out, guys. Right. Like, laundromats do really suck, but I've never, when I've had to do laundry at a laundromat, I never, like, stood and waited with all my clothes. Yeah. And so it's just one of those things. And I will talk about this again when the episode with the Bluetooths come up. It's just, I hate, I hate this part of their relationship. It is just so unrealistic and childish. And it's one of those where it, it, then it sets up expectations for people in real life. I was like, I just want to find the guy that I can talk to on the phone all day, even though I'm at work and he's doing other stuff. And... (laughs) It's just like, no, 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 you're adults. You can figure this out later. Like the, the, the fact that this thing happened to you two minutes ago doesn't mean that you have to talk about it. Then you can talk about it later. <laughs> you are not, there is not a statute of limitations on this conversation. You can have that conversation later. In fact, it's probably better because it gives you things to talk about later on in the day. As you might be able to tell, Curtis doesn't love phone talking. Not that we've had. That is not necessarily true. (laughs) I will say we haven't had a ton of times where we're needing to stay connected by talking on the phone. Um, We have lived in the same place as far as the same city the entirety of our relationship so when we're having conversations by phone it's usually me calling Curtis on his way to work and probably kind of annoying him about something minor that he feels like probably could have been said later (laughs) not necessarily that like if there's something that you meant to tell me or that had come up in the two minutes after I had left for work and so you were calling me on my way to work fine and like you said, like there are in our entire relationship, we generally are going to be seeing each other at some point 
later in that day. There have only been a handful of times where you have been out of town for work or I have been out of town for work or for one reason or another, we were not going to see each other that night. It's been like three or four days. And then we have generally caught up every single day by via phone. I have called you during some of those times. I know. So I just mean on a day-to-day basis, if I called you three times in a day, especially a work day, you would not like that. <laughs> yeah, sure. There are, pro- there are times where I, <laughs> by and large, I get off the phone and think, that probably could have waited, I guess. I mean, whatever. It's not that big of a deal, but that could have waited. Yeah, I would probably estimate if we are, if it's just a random phone call, 80% of the time Curtis is thinking that if I'm the one calling it. It's less than that. It's less than that. So that really covers everything of note in this episode. So let's go to the annex with Antoinette and find out any fun facts about the episode. I will be honest about how the annex uh, section of the show will go. For some reason, the Wikipedia pages for season five do not have any like production notes, which is where I got a lot of my fun facts. So I will just say this was not a well-received episode. People didn't find it very funny, probably because it's not very funny. The only other storyline was Dwight like testing out Jan's expensive stroller because he thought that was an exorbitant sum to pay. And people were like, listen, that was just really over the top to keep like flashing into Dwight doing crazy things to the stroller. And then similar to Curtis's critique of the Jim and Pam storyline, people are like, okay. Um, so not not a great episode overall. And I share that sentiment. I, I've never really like cared for this episode personally. Curtis, do we have any firings? I don't think anybody does anything too egregious in this episode. I'm with you. We do get a check-in with Daryl. He does not get fired in this episode. Uh, Holly also does not get fired in this episode. So, what Dundee do you have to give out? My Dundee Award is the Equal Opportunity Award, and that goes to really the entire office, but I guess to Michael and the party planning committee. So, typically... Uh, baby showers and wedding showers are all women affairs. It does not make sense for that to be the case with the baby shower. Um, it's not 1950 anymore because the men are going to probably be doing some things, so they should perhaps be there. And at this shower, all the men of the office are also invited to just have cake and be around. It, it was not at all segregated by gender. What is your Dundee? My Dundee is the trope alert, and that goes to the writers of this show. For some reason, anytime you see somebody doing laundry in a sitcom or a movie or whatever, there's always struggles to be had. And it's really, (laughs) it's not that difficult of a process. Especially, like, I understand that in a laundromat, there are certain guidelines to be followed and things like that, where, like, you can't leave your clothes in a dryer or a washer unattended for too long because maybe people need that washer. I know that was certainly the case in college. Oh my God, college laundromats. At least in my dorm where there was 
only one washer and dryer for the entire That's dorm. That's awful. It wasn't the biggest dorm, so but still, yeah, it was it was troublesome. I did get my clothes, my wet clothes left on top of the dryer once, I think. And even that was over the top. Like I may have been I had a timer set on my phone and so I may have been like 10 minutes late after the the timer had gone off or whatever. Um, but yeah, we see Pam washes her lipstick in this episode. And then, of course, with just, you know, the phone call with Jim and struggling to hear him. And we also learn that this is not the first time that they have had a weird thing happen during Pam's laundry excursions. So it is just a weird thing that always, that seems to get included in sitcoms as struggling with doing laundry. I will say I've never had laundry issues except at a laundromat like all during law school I had used the town laundromat which that was the only one in town and that's what a lot of people used and I swear my clothes were never clean because as one of my friends pointed out there wasn't like a designation of this is the machine you should wash like nicer clothes with and then this is the machine you should wash your dog's blanket with yeah And so, yeah, it just was, like, unfortunate and gross. And um, and I'm like, how often do these machines get cleaned out? I only had clothes. I've never had clothes get ruined. Like, one time I had, like, a shirt get stuck in the little holes of the washer and, like, had to pull it out. And then it was just ruined. So, just laundromats are just awful places. And I don't know if it's – it's probably due to, like – better dyes and better technology but like i've never had a white get dyed pink because there was something red in that in the in the washer with it or something for sure i mean and most a lot of people are using cold settings except for like towels who is your employee of the month i chose holly because she was very understanding of Michael's needs and she even checked in on him when Jan walked in with the baby and Holly realized how crushing that was to Michael she asked if he was okay like she's very attentive to him and they do have that connection and it would have been if she was a pettier person it would have been very difficult for her to accept you know Michael's date proposal if after having endured that entire day of being like, hey, I'm going to be mean to you, and it's just because of Jan. What about you? I chose Michael, just kind of the reciprocal of that. Um, he finally does work up the courage to ask out Holly, and they begin their relationship, but mostly because he appears to have severed that toxic relationship with Jan. He doesn't feel the need to be there at her beck and call for whatever thing she needs somebody for that she can't call you know whomever else and it just falls to michael to to take care of right so that does it for this week's episode please follow us on twitter at downsizing pod to get all the latest updates and keep listening to us on google podcasts apple podcasts spotify wherever you're listening to us Be sure to rate, 
subscribe, like, and comment wherever you can in order to keep getting our name out there. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Being good isn't always easy, no matter how hard I try. When he started sweet talking to me, he'd come and tell me everything is alright. He'd kiss and tell me everything is alright. And can I get away again tonight?